Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And you are very welcome along to the Unpopular Opinion Podcast. My name is Jen. I'm Carla. And this week we are doing a follow-up to the first podcast that we did on racism in Ireland. But this time we are joined by a lovely guest by the name of Tommy. Welcome, Tommy. Uh, Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. No problem at all. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just talking um, just before we started recording. Tommy was obviously with the week that's been in it. Tommy was on YouTube and was looking up videos about racism in Ireland, and he came across the podcast that we initially did on racism, which we always intended on doing a part two to because we were obviously very aware of the fact that we are two Caucasian women, yeah. and we will never understand what it's like ever to, to be in Tommy's shoes. So. We jumped at the chance. Well, the initial email, Tommy, was that you were, I mean, obviously very aware of the fact that there's very little black representation on Irish media. Agreed. And that's what your email initially entailed. But then this week just took off. It was really weird. I I actually want to ask you a little bit more about that. So you found Mm -hmm. us, which is, I mean, great, obviously. Um. But tell us a little bit, like, what got you into the headspace to start, like, I suppose, researching this? Did you get in touch with us before George Floyd or after? I t- it was it was after. After, okay. Yeah, it was kind of in, in the middle because obviously we were like, well, this would be the perfect opportunity to do a part two to the racism podcast. And obviously we wanted to hone in on the fact that there's not much black representation in Irish media. But with the shitstorm, that just came about this week it, it it's probably the best time to cut because I think one of the main messages on what loads of people are sharing on social media in educating everybody and themselves is the message to get across is to just sit back and listen exactly so I suppose I mean if you want to just go ahead Tommy and tell us about your experiences and Get, say your piece and tell us a little bit about you I suppose I think yeah. we'll start off with that tell us about you um and tell us about what kind of got you into the headspace to, to I suppose go down the YouTube rabbit hole and find us <laughs> well I am 18 years old and I'm going to DCU studying multimedia mm-hmm. uh, my passion is content creation and like present presentation style mm-hmm. work yeah um I looked into your podcast because I was starting to research about racism in Ireland and the lack yeah. of diversity in the media. 
especially in light of the recent events, it really got me in the headspace of, you know, what is going on in Ireland. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of misinformation and lack yeah. of understanding going on right now, even from both sides, because even I'm confused what's going on in terms of racism in Ireland. And a lot of stories have come into light recently that I didn't even know about. Can you give us an example? Mm, yeah. There was a story about um, a 17-year-old football player called Tega um, who got an acid thrown on his face. Oh, and God. it yeah, it turned out that the people that did this got away with a juvenile warning and nothing else. Right. This pisses me off about the, the disciplinary actions that, uh, like... When stuff like this happens, it's the way that it would be a completely different story, I feel, if it was if it wasn't led by race. Yeah. Like there's just a lot going on in Ireland that we don't really know. Like I only found out re- recently that there was a mixed race couple that were sent death threats for starring in the Aldi advert and had to leave Ireland. Like yeah. I just find it shocking and ridiculous how yeah. people of colour just can't start in that advertisement while being harassed which was made even worse by the fact they had the baby and they had to leave everything behind in Ireland for a new life yeah I mean they they ended up relocating to the UK rough enough like I think one of the couple I'm not sure if it was the mum or the dad they I think they were from the UK or had ties to the UK so they no, just thought fuck dad. this Hmm? I just remember watching the late late interview that they did. I was in tears watching it. Um, he's originally from uh, Liverpool. There you go. Yeah, and he he had said that he grew up with this. Like this was it, and he you could even tell by the you can look up the interview on YouTube. It was like it was no skin off his nose. He just he was so used to it. But the the mom in that like the the woman in the the couple, she was absolutely devastated. And I was I was actually in tears watching. I was just remember watching it going what is actually happening what am i with what fucking planet am i on yeah they were sent death threats and then they were saying i think a lot of people thought that it was staged and that they weren't a real couple that they were Uh, just throwing like this token black man into this ad just to have a bit of diversity when it was like Mm. they were a real couple yeah it just shocks me if they go through that then what would my children and future generations have to go through if we don't start going against this racism in Ireland. Absolutely. And you are, so you're studying, is it multimedia? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's in DCU. I actually wanted to do that course, shockingly enough, didn't get the points for it. Uh, <laughs> Shit one, Carla. But, um, I remember that was, a, that was my first option on my CEO. Um and obviously you have kind of like, I mean, I think as we all know, me and Jen spoke about this then in an Irish media podcast um, where I really got into it about diversity on in media. So you want to be a TV presenter, is that correct? Yeah, exactly, Carla. Yeah, so uh, that's your just, kind of like dream, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, it just, you know, hit really hard in my heart when I heard you two guys talking about how there's such a lack of diversity in the media. Like, mm-hmm. just to hear off two Caucasian people, yeah. like, it's just a, a real shock for me. Like, it's yeah. one thing if a person of color was saying it, but to hear out of two people that have watched the RT and are, like, ready for change, it really shocked me. And it just put me in the mindset that I have to start making the change right now. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, it must be, obviously, it's 
one thing for me and Jen to talk about and another thing for you to experience yourself. Like there is no role model for you to look at. Mm-hmm. That just, that stuns me. And what I think is, you know, I've been doing my research as well and looking into a few bits, but like we have people of co- Irish people of colour on UK TV. Most of them moved yeah. to the UK, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is kind of like, I mean, I suppose it doesn't really give you, I'm guessing, a lot of hope. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not really like yes, can't wait. Um, where are you? Where whereabouts are you based, Tommy? Uh, in Kildare. Oh, in Kildare, right? Okay, grand. And do you have a big family? Uh, just family of four. Family of four. Are you the first? Are you like? Are you the eldest? Are you? Uh, I'm the middle child. Oh, middle child. Okay, grand. <laughs> are you the only one who wants to get into media? Yeah, just me. <laughs> just you. Just, just chilling <laughs> out. Um. So I suppose like there's kind of like it's that kind of lineage and looking at and being like, well, this is what I want. These are my dreams. Yeah. There's nothing really to look at. I mean, obviously we have Nadine Reed, but Nadine Reed is from the UK. Um, we, and she's like a one woman band, I suppose, as far as like yeah. having her voice expressed. We do have one TV presenter of color, but mm-hmm. she's from Africa in Ireland right now. Her name's Zainab Balande. And mm-hmm. she presents nationwide on the RT. Okay, grand. Yeah, so again, very minimal though, I suppose, representation. Yeah. So it's not something that you kind of aspire to. How has it been, I suppose, everything that's gone on this week, there's so much out there. And there's a lot of media that's being shared. There's a lot of, I, I suppose, voices, especially from like the social side of things as well. I mean, you yourself dealing with growing up in Ireland and going to school here, being through that kind of process and now attending college here, was racism something that you consistently experienced or was it kind of like, would you, like a lot of what I've seen basically is I've seen a lot of people try and rebuttal this whole, like Ireland isn't racist theory. When I'm like, are you actually fucking kidding me right now? Or did we grow up in the same place? So I suppose like, What's been your experience? Most of the racism that I've seen was mm-hmm. just off the media. But the only problem, like I love the Irish people and the people in my school, they've welcomed me with open arms and they've even facilitated the different cultures by having International Day, where everyone got to taste different foods from different cultures and bring in your own clothes from your yeah. different cultures. But my yeah. one problem was out of my own my whole school experience was the one time someone would ask me where are you from oh, and then God. I would say Ireland but then I, they say but where are your parents from and then I say Nigeria and then that oh exactly you're Nigerian not Irish and then I, it just pains me in the heart I just get so frustrated why can't I be a man of color and be Irish at the same time I may not be Irish in blood but I was born here and I grew up here. And like, if that doesn't make me Irish, then to be honest, I honestly don't know what will. And it just makes me so sad and it just hurts. I was about to say that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. <laughs> it really does. And I think one thing that we were saying in the first one, and I'm so conscious of what I'm saying now, because obviously I'm in such a privileged position. So forgive me if I use wrong terms or if I say something out of turn like that. I am still educating myself on the whole thing. 
But one thing that we kind of said a lot, because I did re-listen to the racism part one that we did, just to kind of refresh on what we had touched on. Um, And one thing that we kept bringing up was the fact that different race in Ireland, like we're such an old-fashioned country, and this still is something so new. Now, I know you were 18 and you were born here, and it's like, obviously, it's been longer than 18 years that we've had different nationalities in Ireland. But I just feel like... And I'm not making any excuses because there is no excuse that because I just feel like we're living in an age or a generation where the integration hasn't really happened yet. And I don't know if in our lifetime we will see a fully integrated society, if you get me. And I mean, even look at America and how long. Yeah. african-americans have been like you know what i mean there's you don't you wouldn't like there's one thing that we said as well sometimes when you see a black person in ireland and they have an irish accent like yourself yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a shock it's like oh 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 you're irish you know it's that kind of thing whereas in america or in the uk you don't bat an eyelid because it's it's been there longer mm. and i just don't know even seeing this like everything that's going on in america it's still it feels like the integration process hasn't finished yet because obviously there's still so much racism going on and it just breaks me heart that we still live in a society that haven't gotten the fuck over it yet. Yeah, I feel like the integration process has basically just started picking up its pace, especially in light of the Black Lives Matter protests that happened in Dublin. I was very impressed by the Irish people that were standing in solidarity with the community, Mm. showing that we are ready to embrace change not just in Ireland, but in the media, like in in all areas. I just feel like once we see someone of color and the different backgrounds and different you know, ethnicities in the media, the children will see it, the younger generation will see it, and the older generation will see it. And then they'll just start to get used to it. It's a case of repetition. It just becomes normality and they'll yeah. become more used to it. And then they'll be able to become more educated on what it is like to be a person of color because they'll be seeing it literally every day on their TV screens and they'll get used to it and they'll become more educated as a result. I was just going to say, were you at the protest, Tommy? Uh, No, due to uh, the distancing, I stayed at home. I didn't want to risk anything, so I just stayed at home for my own safety and my family's. Awkward. (laughs) I was there. (laughs) Awkward. No, listen. I mean, I self-isolate anyway. I've been doing nothing in this gaff for 12 weeks now, so two more can't hurt me. Um, I will say, though, there was was measures taken. Yeah. I think aerial photos that kind of got out. I can only speak for myself, but, like, I distanced Mm. myself away from everybody else. But um, it 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 was really nice. It was actually really special moment that I think I'll remember. Definitely. It's definitely going to go down in the history of Ireland. 100%. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it's it's insane. I think I'm trying to, I think this week in particular, I've been so quiet myself on, on social media, like with things that haven't been about this, just because not that like we knew it was coming, but I'd say that we all knew it was coming. Yeah. But just the sheer amount of information that's kind of coming through about, you know, white privilege, systemic racism, um, you know, like the, the, the sheer, sheer amount of kind of information that's coming out can be overwhelming. And I think that 
it's so hard to kind of sometimes when you're talking about these issues to have your voice heard in the correct way without I suppose talking so much about something that you like not that you don't know but again me and Jen we are white like you know we can't we can only go so far with this bad boy you know yeah and I think that obviously you yourself like growing up in in this culture around here and also growing up not necessarily like I mean obviously Kildare isn't the so far away from Dublin but not necessarily in the centre mm. have you always lived in Kildare? always born the always, yeah. yeah so I suppose that in itself would have been more of an experience and like integrating into college life and it must be such a nice time to kind of have that place in in college though exactly because everyone's more informed it's like we're just a group of teenagers people are more open-minded to educating themselves mm-hmm. and they're more open like what can i do i'm like yeah. very proud because you can see them they're posting on their stories how can i help people of color in ireland they're reposting yeah. petitions like they're doing wherever they can. They recognize they might not be like us, but they're willing to do whatever they can to help us. And that, in my opinion, is more than enough. They're playing their part. And that's what makes me proud of that. Mm-hmm. And how are your parents feeling about it? Um, my parents are feeling, they're very happy as well. They're, because they're seeing, you know, this is the future we fought for. When my mom came to Ireland, it wasn't really the normality to see a person of color in Ireland. But mm-hmm. now we were having a discussion. Look at Ireland now to where when they first came. Like we've come so far and let's keep going. And then like imagine if Ireland's like this now. Imagine what we can achieve in a few years on. We just, you know, it's a very proud achievement. But that doesn't mean that we should stop now. A lot of racism is still going on and some people are not willing to admit it or even look at it, which is very worrying. I think like referencing yourself there, Jen, what you were saying earlier about the fact that like we haven't really integrated yet. I just don't think that that's a good enough excuse anymore. No, it's definitely not. But I suppose we were talking about the older generation before Mm -hmm. when it it comes to stuff like this and it's been mixed reactions in my house not nobody in this house is racist (laughs) you know I'm not saying that it's like there's been excuses made but I did kind of say to my mom because she was like "Eh, her problem is not with the people themselves her problem is with the way that our government and our councils deal with the integration process because it's it doesn't seem it doesn't feel equal to her and she said I can understand why people think the older generation are racist but it's more a problem with the system and the way that it's done yeah so say you have asylum seekers and you have the Irish homeless and you have the asylum seekers who are obviously homeless as well and the way that I suppose, see, like that, I don't want to word this wrong because I don't want to sound in any way ignorant or anything like that. But yeah. there is, I, the way that it's been dealt with is, I think, what people have a problem with and that can come across as, but then I'm afraid to say that because that sounds like racial gaslighting. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, it's, 
it's hard to kind of but the, some of the points that my mom made and was just with the way that the integration process is working with the government and the way that it's all dealt with can lead to people I suppose begrudging people who are emigrating here and then mm. possibly getting like getting houses and stuff like do, do you know where I'm tra- what I'm trying to say that there's a lot of resentment for these people they're coming I think in that, yeah that's what it over. is and it's Exactly, and that's and it's coming across as racism, but it's not. See, I don't want to say that it's not because it probably still is. Like, like that, I don't want to sound like I'm gaslighting. But mm. this was my mom's point. She was just kind of like, "I have no fucking problem with the people." She says it's the way that things are dealt with in this country is just a bit mad. They just, it's just starting to build this whole mindset of Ireland for the Irish, and that's it. And it's just resentment is building up. In Ireland, and start, it's becoming worrying. Like they're thinking that oh, they're gonna take all our jobs, and we're gonna be homeless, and we're not gonna have any food to put on our plates for our families. And they're thinking that these people are being put on the first priority. But you know, as long as they're genuine about it and not racist about, I can see eye to eye for that. But I do worry something needs to be done for the Irish people because it's not fair that some people are freezing to death on O'Connell Street because mm-hmm. of the winter and they've got like nowhere to sleep or to stay while some people are just coming into this country and just handed a house, which I do understand it's hard coming to this country, but there needs to be balance. Something has it, to be done for both sides. Exactly. I think that's what my, my mom's point was. And when she was saying it to me, I did see, like you said, I, you can kind of see the merit in it. But it's is it the it's just the way that it's being dealt with, and like you said, it need there needs to be a bit more balance, I think, because now you have groups that are coming out, and it's like the names of them are how's the Irish forced, and it yeah. just comes across as very racist. But there's a tiny point to be made in it, but it's not the people themselves; it's the way that it's being dealt with within the government and the councils and stuff, stuff like that, and it will it will cause racial divide and it'll cause resentment. But it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't, but it does. And this, I think, is a, a huge problem in Ireland. And I think it's a lot of where it's a, a big part in where racism comes from in Ireland. I think this is what I was trying to say earlier about, like, it's it's like, it's just not good enough anymore. You know, like, if you, have a, if, you if, if people have a problem with the government, like you were saying, Tommy, like... We have a massive homelessness crisis in this country. It's our biggest thing. It's our absolutely our biggest thing. It's such a shit show. Horrific what's happening. People are dying consistently every single year due to the crisis, due to, you know, underfunding. And you know, I actually could do a full fucking podcast on it, to be honest. We probably we already have. <laughs> on homelessness? Yeah, I thought we did. No, we didn't. <laughs> The hell, well, we said the housing crisis. Ah, uh, yeah, we did one on the housing crisis, but I, I literally, honestly, I think I could do another. I think I could do another gen. <laughs> we'll schedule in a part two. Just keep doing it. But um, I feel like when it comes to that, it's like it can't be racism is against a race, you know. And this is, it, it's like you're, it's not black people versus white people. It's yeah, either you're racist or you're not. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, this is no. You see, this is where I'm coming. Not where I'm coming from, but this is the <laughs> point that was made to me: was that it's not even that it's just people from Africa. It's people from yeah. Romania. It's it's other cultures. It's quote unquote the foreigners. 
you, you know the older generation, the way that they always go, the foreigners. Yeah. It's always that thing. And it's, it's just, like it always comes down to how they're treated when they come here. And like you said, Tommy, in a nutshell, like they could come to this country now. Obviously, you have direct provision and there's that, that's a whole other side to it. But the way that people say it is, you come to this country and they're given a house. All that, and then you see these pockets in certain places, places like Tyrrellstown, places like Ongar. It does feel like the the integration process is just fucked because you're, and obviously you need communities. That's that. There's no question about that, but it it doesn't really feel like integration if you get me. Mm, because they feel more divided than brought together. Yeah, exactly. Because you have pockets where it's just African people, and then you have other pockets where it's just Irish. But it's just a very strange system. Absolutely, but that's... it does make you feel like there's a racial divide, and it does make people. Yeah. It's it changes people's attitudes. Mm. Because I remember watching a YouTube video where Gemma Darty was doing the tour of the town of Balbriggan. And she was starting to come. Oh, yeah. She was complaining about like, we're losing our town to these people and we're losing our jobs. Places are going to have to start to close down. And then she starts harassing some Polish guy because he wasn't so selling Irish products. It's just frustrating. Like, these people come to this country for a better life. And like, they they didn't like make these policies, the Irish government did. Yeah. And then they just take out this anger onto us, like I literally had nothing to do with this, or yeah. exactly. people in the community. Is, yeah, exactly. It's so weird the integration process. Like it's so weird, and I, I'm sure I can't speak for other places, but I've heard about um, where is it in England where a lot of people from Pakistan, like brought, London, um, yeah, London, but there's another place as well, uh, yeah. Manchester, Manchester, yeah. All right, well, there's obviously loads of them. Um, mm. I don't, I, there's a play, it's Bradford, sorry, it's Bradford, because I remember um, speaking to an English woman and she'd li- lived in Bradford her whole life, but she said, you know what, our neighbours, are th- they're from Pakistan originally, but her neighbours were the nicest people she's ever met, much nicer than her English like neighbours mm. or whatever that she had, but she said, it's terrible because the place was given the name Bradistan. Do you know, so like you have mm. pockets of these places where governments just aren't doing it right. They're not doing it properly. And it does cause that resentment and it's fucking horrible. And I feel like if that was not a thing, well, no, I can't speak for it. Like, obviously, I like, I, like I said, I'll never be in your shoes, Tommy. I can't yeah. say whether that would fix the problem, but I feel like it would ease it a bit. Ease tension, bring back the communities together and yeah. then just break the ice and we could start getting down to the real stuff. Exactly. Because these people, like, they have no, when they first come to these countries, they don't have anyone to talk to. So they find strength in people they see similarities with. So that's why the, there's pockets of these areas where people of similar uh, skin colors or languages are just coming together. It's not a case of just that they're just gangs or anything, they just feel home. This, these people remind them of what they left when they came to this country. So, yeah. yeah, it's not anything else, but definitely a lot of work needs to be done. Just before we move on to the likes of media and representation and stuff, Tommy, what do you make of yeah. what's happening in America right now? 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's very horrifying, but at the same time, not surprising. Because like when I saw the video, it was very horrific. I'm not even going to lie. But I just feel like America needs a lot of work especially in its policing system. Yeah. It just, wor- it just worries me that they're not going to learn their lesson and it's going to happen again and again, no matter what. But I just feel this time it really struck a chord with the people. They had enough. Like you can see they're looting. Like th- I've never seen something of this magnitude happen ever in my life. Like not even since the times of Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. This is mm. serious. Like, the people of America have had enough. They're losing their sons, their families, and they're just enough. They've been stressed or been harassed. And it's definitely come to a part where enough is enough. And yeah. major overhauls are needed. Absolutely. I think it was a culmination of, there was like three big incidences that happened. Well, the, like, but there was a quote, was it, was it Will Smith that said, racism hasn't changed it's just being filmed now exactly that was it and that obviously the first one was it was Ahmad Avery was gunned down by two men in a pickup truck he was just on his jog and they fucking for some reason thought that he was out to rob them and they just point blank shot him in the stomach with a shotgun Um, with a shotgun like with like a shotgun a shotgun And then another bullet in the head for good measure. Like, absolutely (sighs) sickening. Now, I did see the outcry about that. I saw, um, it was just certain celebs that I followed on Instagram, like the American ones and that. That was, they were the only places that I saw any sort of reference to Ahmad. I didn't see it in Irish media. I didn't see it anywhere else. It was literally just on Instagram. I think it was like Kevin Hart and I think Ellen had put it up as well or something like that. Um, and then you had the Amy Cooper incident where she was in the park and had her dog off the lid. An African-American man had asked her to put the dog on the lid because it was a wildlife reserve and the dog was going to wreck the wildlife. And she went hysterical and started ringing 911 saying that an African-American man was threatening whores and her dog's life. So that was normal behavior right totally normal and then you obviously had the George Floyd incident so all that kind of happened within the space of I think five weeks I can't be sure of when Ahmad Avery's um yeah so that was the 20th of May actually so that was yeah no it was even less than four weeks Jesus so I think the George the George Floyd incident was just there's been so many though like Brianna oh, Taylor, so yeah, I know. But even like I didn't realize, like Brianna Taylor, that happened in March. So it's been all of these. Um, Brianna Taylor was a 27 year old um, black woman. The police lamped 40 rounds into her house, killing her. Yeah, because she had called, um, or did they decide some? I think she had thought someone was breaking in. I can't remember if they were called or if they were patrolling. 
either way doesn't make it right. Um, and still those three officers are floating about. Nothing, nothing changed for them. Weren't pulled up on it. Nothing. Mm. Nothing at this point. The Ridiculous. official um, Sky News report is that a black woman was shot dead by police who stormed her home as she slept while searching for a suspect who was already in custody. Yeah. There you go. That's all you fucking need to know. I mean, the stupidity. But don't, is, don't like, I feel so fucking angry reading that. It's, and hearing about it. So can you imagine being on the pulse of it, being her cousin, her, like, people that knew her, her friends, and then continuing on to George Floyd and just the sheer unbelievable disregard of life. It's just... It was so. bound to explode. Like, it was a ticking time bomb. That's why I was saying at the start, I don't, I don't feel... I'm not shocked that this has happened. I'm... I'm overwhelmed with the amount of information that has come toward me and that has come to the forefront now because and I'll be my fir- I'll p- be the first person to say it I wasn't looking for it before yeah I was the same like the amount of stuff that's coming or even even down to videos of stuff that I just never thought about before I shared a video on my stories the other night of um it was just it was like they they were just being interviewed and they were shown so there was parents and kids and they were saying just about the police brutality that they as normal people not convicts not criminals nothing like that were treated like the treatment that they get from police so they have like bits that they do at home with the kids and it's like what do you do if a policeman approaches you and they put their hand up and they have this speech that they say i am such and such, I am eight years old and un- I am unarmed and I am not here to harm you. Like, this is what they have to practice at home in case they're approached by the police. And it was one bit in the video that struck me. So the dad was saying, oh, so this incident, um, I was held down. This other incident, I was tased. Oh, yeah, I was hit with a bat that time. And then you could, they just focused the camera on the, his daughter's face and the tears that came out of what I couldn't, I nearly got sick all over the place. I was like, oh my God, this is just horrific. And you could see that this is a well-educated, good citizen, like never did a thing wrong in his life. And this is the treatment that he gets just because of the color of his skin. I felt ill watching it. That's why the people of Ireland, they need to wake up right now, not later, but right now. Yeah. Because yeah. people are saying, oh, racism does exist in Ireland. They need to wake up. They, because they're the type of people that will not take this seriously until problems that were in America come to our own doorstep. We need to get going now. If not, it's going to be too late and it's going to get worse. We cannot sit on this anymore. Our voices need That's, to be heard. It's such a good point because obviously, would you say uh, would you say that it's worse in America, the way that black people are treated? Definitely. Because in so, Ireland, you could at least leave your house. Well, from my own experience, you could leave your house. You can become literally anything you want with hard work and a good worth ethic without being harassed by the Guardi, which for yeah. on my part, I respect them. They've been nothing but kind to the community and my family. So mm-hmm. I, I don't have complaints on their bit, except for the bits that I've seen in the media that people are getting away with hate crimes. But Ireland, for the most, in my eyes, is a good country. But there's a lot of tough discussions that need to be had regarding racism. We need to open our eyes to it. A lot of it isn't being properly reported or looked at. 
because I can tell you for a fact, if that acid attack was properly reported in the news, those people would have not gone away with it. There would have been mm-hmm. outrage amongst the Irish community and the African community and even every single community. They wouldn't have gone away with it if this was properly publicized in our TV screens, our newspapers, the front even of our newspapers. Like enough is enough. Like when are we going to wake up to this? Like what you are saying, and it's such a good point, before anything does get worse. And I think it is. I think, I well, I hope, and it's obviously terrible what what is happening in America and what has happened to, in the lead up to this. But I really feel like this is going to actually make a change. I think the biggest thing has been the social media part. Yeah. I'm very impressed on our side. We are, like everyone, even my friends that are not of my colour, they're doing their part. They're, they're willing to educate themselves. They're re- willing to listen to other people's stories. They're willing to, you know, stand in solidarity with their friends of color and of different backgrounds. They're willing to understand. You know, they're asking themselves, what can I do to help you? And they're really here to support us. And like in my 18 years of growing up in this country, I have never seen something like this, of this magnitude ever in my life. I've never seen people going doing a blackout for a full day. I've never mm-hmm. seen that before. And people are ready to make the change and they're serious about it. And they're, it's not like some social media bandwagon that they're just jumping on. They're properly ready to fight against racism in Ireland. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting that you found that as well because obviously when you're scrolling through um, social media and stuff, I lo- first of all, I love that when anybody mentions all lives matter, they get jumped on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely loving that. But you're also, what was I going to say there, Sugar? Oh, yeah, sorry, about what you were saying about bandwagons because I'm often, I'm always seeing as well people, I, don't, I, I have to unfriend them on uh, mm. Facebook and they're like, oh, what are you doing jumping on the bandwagon and stuff? And it's like, are you stupid? Do you really not see that this isn't a bandwagon that people genuinely are wanting to change and educate themselves and have the conversation. Like, why do, why do people automatically think that just because you want to do something good that it's a bandwagon? Because probably this generation, some people just have the mindset of everyone wants to belong and they'll just do whatever mm. everyone else is doing. This whole sheep mentality, like yeah. on social media platforms, they'll mm. jump on whatever trend that is go trending right now. They'll just follow like they'll follow the crowd. So that's why some people have the mentality of, oh, you're going to post your black picture on Tuesday, then just go back to posting your normal stuff. Like, yeah. it's just, you're either going to commit to it or just don't bother at all. Yeah, I, think- I kind of felt like, and you even said to Carly yourself, you've been quiet about other stuff on social media. And I have, well, I mean, not that I post much anyway, but I have been the same. Like, I just feel like anything else outside of this, especially with the time that it is and the week that it is and all that's happened, I just feel like anything else is just irrelevant. I think it puts things into perspective. I've really struggled as well because I know that, especially with, like, social media platforms and podcasts, things can come across as performative, but... I don't I'd like it's this struggle that I have because I'm like you're only fucking doing that now but then at the same time I'm like well at least you're fucking doing it do you know yeah I could appreciate people doing it anyways but as in like Mm. even before this happened 
I don't mm. think so. There would have been much content for it. Yeah, that is of public knowledge because it's only now that you you can that you go on Twitter that you're seeing people posting their racial experiences because of the George Floyd accident that triggered them to do that. So then podcasters now have way more material to deal with, make way more stories to tell. So I sort of see in that way that if they didn't do it before, it's like under sort of understandable, but you know. If they I think, yeah, like the info was always there. I, I, I find it like um, just one of the things there. You said the George Floyd accident. I'm like murder, the George Floyd murder, Mm. second degree, hopefully. But um, I think yeah, it is. It is. That's kind of something that I've been battling with, and like, it's not up to me to police anybody else's social media or what they're putting out. Like I see through a lot of bullshit. Yeah. But then I, I just I, I'm I'm happy it's out there. So in a way I can, like there's ways of going about things and that's something that I feel like myself, like I'm not sure about you, Jen, because me and you are fairly aligned when it comes to the amount of horse shit that comes through on social media. But like it's it is tough to because I'm like, that's performative, but then at the same time I'm like, at least you're doing it and at least your audience, some of them must feel like you're genuine. At the end you of know? the day. It worked. We raised yeah. awareness. Yeah. So yeah. whether they were fake about it or not, it definitely helped spread the message and the goal was completed. So at the end of the day, it still worked. Yeah, it's like we, we got there. So like I can't really turn around now and be like, I'm full confuming because you've never mentioned it before. or I'm yeah. fuming because this is clearly a bandwagon or, you know, it's not a bandwagon. It's people's lives. And I think that that's kind of like there's been so many times where I've I've like opened the app and I've been like frustration close the app. Yeah. See, I just don't feel like anybody would be like, oh, I don't really care about this issue, but I I'm, I better post about it. Everybody else is doing it. Like I do think people genuinely care to some degree, even if it's not as much as others. I think they care, but I think there is a level of self involvement that comes behind. Look at what happened with repeal. There were so many people that were like, I don't do politics, so I'm not going to get involved. Sorry, what? Not good enough. Do you know what I mean? And then on the run up or when the tide changed, it pushed them toward the like, of course I voted yes, but you didn't say that beforehand. You didn't get involved in the conversation. You were too worried about your hide. And I think that when it comes to the whole like absolute as I've said before, this is not black versus white. This is you're either re- racist or you're not. It's very simple. And I think that when it when it came to this, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. <laughs> like everyone knows it's wrong, so therefore there wasn't ever a fence to sit on. But I feel like a lot of people towed that line. And if it didn't explode the way that it did explode, and if we didn't put pressure like we're doing now, if we didn't put that pressure on, what would have happened? I do have yeah. that cynical bone in my body. Yeah, probably not. I don't know how you feel, Tommy, about that. Uh, some people, like I was, I could see this online, were so annoyed that literally all they could see was the black square. And they're just like, they even, and on all the stories on Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, that they're starting to just unad people. They just couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like some people That's just are not day. ready to have like... these conversations, these serious conversations that need to be made. They're just not ready for it. And they need to be educated. 
because it's going to come to the day where it will happen, whether we like it or not. And now is the time. Because if we don't prepare now, when are we going to prepare for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I can't believe that people were complaining about Blackout Tuesday. Well, I think the problem was the message did get muddled. I mean, a lot of people thought it was a conspiracy because, and it probably, it could have been also, but they thought it was a conspiracy because otherwise there was so much information that was being, when you were hashtagging Black Lives Matter, and a lot of people hashtag Blackout Tuesday, hashtag Black Lives Matter, all you could see now, instead of before when you clicked into the hashtag, you could get a wealth of information. All you saw now was black squares. Yeah, but there was a big outcry not to use the Black Lives Matter hashtag. Oh, I know, but Jesus, by then there was so much like, and there's so much to, like, if you archived the post, it would still stay up. You had to delete the post and, oh, like, there, you couldn't just edit the post and edit out the hashtag. It still comes up in the in the cache. Like, it's it's mad, mad stuff, mad stuff altogether. Oh, right. Yeah, so that was kind of like, I can understand why people took down the square. I, I still have mine there, but I never put up hashtag Black Lives Matter on it because I remember I, I kind of knew when I was doing it. Yeah, that, so did I. That was for Blackout Tuesday, and I was just trying to keep my posts as segregated to information as possible. But at the same time, there is that kind of level of you know people getting ticked because they were like oh it's just so frustrating but you know stupid like putting a black square what's that going to mean the whole idea behind blackout tuesday was that we took time offline to actually learn and grow and absorb information about this and it was also like i don't i feel like anybody who was there to spread like people were still spreading information it was just it was dedicated to it Mm. to the whole cause which I loved like because I I follow a good few black people and they were still posting on that day but my interpretation of it was everybody was to black out apart from like so that the voices that needed to be heard were amplified I mean take what I like I mean for me I just I put that up and then I continued on with my story but just pure things about yeah I didn't post now I just did the blackout and then I posted that to my story and I just left it for 24 hours then Yeah, I mean, I think this is another thing, and I think I've seen it a lot going around, people being like, you know, we're not here to police how other people process. Because, I mean, what's happening, and the horrifying things as well, and I think, like, we have to look at ourselves, and that's that's the main thing that we've been asked to look at. Like, being born white, you are left, like, you're a different race. Like, there is that, we are born with that, we have to fight against it almost. Well, and I I think another good thing that's come out of this as well is that and you, it's it's gas seeing people's epiphanies when they're talking about it online they're just like oh oh i have this thing it's called white privilege and i never fucking knew i had it before yeah like it's it's nice to see people recognizing that in themselves because and i'm gonna be honest like i'll hold my hands up i didn't really appreciate it before like you know think about it all that much like you said you weren't really looking for it It wasn't really a big conversation especially for white people because they don't go through it every day so to see all of this kind of being talked about and then looking at yourself and being like oh shit I do have this thing that I never actually realized I had before and to recognize that in yourself and to sit back and listen I think I'm just there's just a different feel to this movement like you said Tommy I've never seen it before to this degree like I've never seen such an outcry for change on anything I don't think yeah even as a man of color uh, 
even I'm starting to feel bad because like I didn't even know racism in Ireland was this bad until I started deeply researching into mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. I just feel guilty as I feel that burden as well that, you know, what am I doing? What part am I playing? Am I spreading awareness even before this George Floyd accident happened? But it's definitely been a wake up call for people of all backgrounds. We're all trying to play our part now. We're all trying to figure out where's the root of racism. How can we stamp it out? Um, you know, where do we move on from here? And I think you're a bit because there's obviously there's people who encounter racism every single day, and then there's people like like you, Tommy, who you you're saying like your classmates always open welcomed you with opened arms. You've had a fairly easy in comparison to some and I was actually I was on TikTok and I don't know what's going on with my algorithm but literally <laughs> every person that I scroll through on before you page is black Irish <laughs> yeah and they were all talking last night about their treatment in Ireland and like that a lot of them are saying the same thing as you Tommy like they don't really come across it, but they feel bad now that they haven't been kind of speaking up because they never really encountered it before so yeah. like one fellow would say he lives down in Cork his name is escaped me um but he was talking about um how he's treated by the guards and he was like i have great crack with the guards like we're so fucking lucky in the country that we're in but at the same time something does need to be done so that it doesn't get in any way bad like it's we're at a good point in ireland i think to change it and make it better obviously Mm. um but we're obviously we're not at breaking point like america and i think it's very important to kind of just raise the standard now before it gets bad. Yeah, because some people like literally are commenting and they're being genuine about this and they're saying racism is not in Ireland. And like, it's just, it shocks me because there is a lot, and I'm not sure who to blame, but like there's a lot of stuff that isn't really being, that isn't really of public knowledge was like if they saw and start reading all these stories that are happening in Ireland that they don't even know that's going on, they'll definitely be shocked. And mm. they'll definitely be, whew, I don't even know what to say about that because I just feel like all these stories aren't really properly being reported on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to see, unfortunately, we're going to see lots more people coming out about their experiences and it's going to be harrowing but I think it's definitely going to open a lot of eyes and it needs to happen because even somebody who would be part of like you know you as a black man Tommy even though you would be in the same category you don't experience it as much as some people have already experienced it and you're only getting your eyes open now like you just said there so, like, I, everybody's eyes, I think, are about to be opened. Like, like, there's lots more to come. And I hope I hope there is mm-hmm. a more change in seals because it needs to happen. I'm just glad, like, that my racism wasn't too bad. Like, yeah, like the most, the, like, one of the worst things at the time when I was a child was just being called chocolate. But except, But looking back at it now, you know, it was just like uneducated kids just talking to each other. No, and Madison, like, still yeah. at the same time, you're like, mm, racist. <laughs> yeah. And then the occasional time, the occasional time just being, oh, Tommy, you look like Will Smith. And it's just like, 
I like I don't really see that as racism, in my opinion. Like I see Will Smith as a very handsome man, but um, yeah. yeah, I can shrug it off. That type of racism isn't too bad because uh, there was a time where I was waiting to pick up my sister, and the old Irish lady she just came up to me and she just put her hand on my shoulder and said, "Do you know you look like Usain Bolt?" And I actually just laughed with her and I said, "Oh." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I just didn't want to take it too seriously. You know, there's some times that, you know, people are just trying to, you know, humor with you, not in like a, oh, racism way, but they're genuinely like, oh, you do remind me of this guy, as you do look like him. And I take it as a compliment and I just, you know, I don't take it too seriously. Because that's the type of way we can progress. We, we can take the stuff that's humorous, we laugh at it. But the stuff that's serious, that definitely crosses the line, we need to define those lines and those boundaries and we cannot pass it. And that's the way we move forward in this country. We need to know what's just crack and what's, no, this is unacceptable. Yeah, I found that, yeah, that's quite interesting that you say that because we did talk about that in the last podcast and we were talking about when it's said in a certain context, like what way do you how do you go about that? So it's interesting to hear your perspective on that because it was like, uh, do, are you crossing a line or are you just having a laugh? Or is, is it racist? That kind of conversation that's been had all these years before anybody got a bit more woke to it. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, is it racist? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know. I mean, it's yeah. casual racism, but then at the same time, it is kind of one of those things where not... Like, it, it, the first thing you're kind of thinking, you're like, you same Bolt because he's black and I'm black. Great, you've made that connection. But then at the same time, you're just kind of like, I mean, at the end of the day, handsome man. Yeah. You know, so you're just kind of like, I mean, that's cool. But Yeah, as long as I'm just not being compared to, like, a monkey or called the N-word, then I yeah. can, you know, I can tone it down. I can, like, I can shrug it off. That's not too bad. But that is where it crosses the line. But, you know, I, I don't want to start a fight over someone just saying, oh, you look like Will Smith or you remind me of Barack Obama. That I see as a compliment so I can shrug it off and we can continue with things. Yeah. Do you feel like you've been slightly conditioned by living in Ireland as well as to like what you find or what you deem acceptable and what you don't? As sort of, because like you just grow up with these people that aren't there's not really much people of color in my classrooms it was just like me and another boy it's just two Mm -hmm. like you don't really see what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in your classrooms what you just see in the media through movies tv shows reading the newspapers and you see what's happening to other people and you're like okay this is unacceptable so when it does happen to you or you hear it happening to someone else you're like okay, this is unacceptable because not much racism really happened to me or like in my experience of being in college or secondary school. So there wasn't mm-hmm. really much things to say, oh, this is unacceptable because no one was saying the N-word. No one was comparing anyone to a monkey. So I didn't have a case to say that. Do you feel like your treatment was any different or was it just like when you look back now, knowing what you know now? Um except for just being as in like double looked at when I would say that I'm Irish, except for that, I'm very happy to look back. People embrace me. I got the same opportunities as my other classmates that weren't of color. 
and like the school gave me every single opportunity that was available. And for that, I'm very grateful to them and the community that helped me become the man I am today. Yeah, well, that's lovely to hear. I'm delighted to hear that. I think it's so important, you know, I mean, there's no comparison, obviously, there's, you can't just like compare your own, your own story, obviously, Tommy, with like somebody else who's, who's, I suppose, maybe grown up with a lot of prejudice against them, a lot of racism against them, but like, it's, it's lovely to hear that it's not always that way. Yeah, I'm just very lucky are, where I am, because yeah, like, there's some people are experiencing horrific uh experiences because like i was reading today a girl of color in ireland on her first day of being in school a banana was thrown at her and like Mm. she was called the n-word repeatedly it's just i just feel so glad to have gotten such a good smooth experience in contrast to what they had to go through and for that i really need to be grateful but i still need to keep my eyes open that this is still happening I can't just block it out because I'm I was lucky enough to get such a great experience so I need to you know they definitely need I can't just relax and sit back and watch this happen like I used to I need to just you know open my eyes to this these issues and call it out where it's needed obviously yeah well, I'm like I'm glad that you obviously had such a positive experience in skill because like that's that and I, I'm sure if I look back now at skill because we had we were our skill was quite diverse actually. We had yeah, I would say it was nearly half and half. Um and I would have seen incidents not that I would have gotten involved with them, but I probably would have seen them and not said anything at the time and I'm I can't think of a particular incident, but I I know it did go on. I don't know whether it's down to the area or not. Like, I'd imagine Kildare is probably a lot nicer than, like, Northside Dublin. Yeah. But um, I just, I don't know. I'm really glad that you had that experience. But I definitely mm. saw it back in back in the day. And I'm raging now that I probably didn't call it out as much as I could have. Mm. You know, I just I just feel like when I was younger, these things, I was just in my own little bubble and I'm... I'm grateful with social media now that younger people are seeing it and they are starting to call it out at a younger age because that's where the change is going to come from because the generations that are changing things are getting younger and younger um okay so Tommy obviously you have been doing your research and you've been kind of like trying to find creators and people that speak about like these topics but um what kind of black creators I suppose are you enjoying uh most of them are outside of Ireland unfortunately yeah sadly the us and the uk Mm -hmm. uh because we just haven't really in terms of artists we haven't really blown up yet Mm -hmm. like we just don't really see a list like celebrities in Ireland Mm -hmm. or of color well with the exception of ruth nega who is an a-list celebrity that's gone global and we Mm -hmm. had uh yuan de bila from love island except Mm -hmm. for that i'm not really sure but there's other people breaking into the industry such as erica cody reggie snow and others as well mm-hmm. demi, demi isaac is making a good name for herself as well mm. she's on um i also get the name of that show what is that I, it's not the in-betweeners it's the young offenders sorry yeah demi the young offenders. um and she was on Dan- dancing with the stars recently as well i love her i just love her 
she's yeah she's she's pretty she's pretty bomb um i think was it i'll always get a name wrong sole 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 oh yeah yeah sole so like she yeah. tweeted the other day about like she's like i'm just so fucking ready to see that person break through like she was like i don't fucking care who it is at this point i'm just ready yeah. for like a huge a-list black like film star i'm ready for a black singer i'm ready for an irish black you know i'm just i'm ready she's yeah. like i'm so ready for i read that that, that one yeah. hits so hard i was like this is what i've been waiting to hear for yeah. years ever since i was young this is the time now is our time to start you know putting our voices out there posting our content and rising up the ranks in the Irish media because like i'm not sure if it's just me but around the world the term black irish isn't really defined properly not much people know that there is such thing as a black irish person mm-hmm. and like it could definitely do work on absolutely like i mean i think that's it isn't it we've only really had we've only had like very um surface level i would suppose yeah like we've kind of people coming through yeah because you look at the likes of the us and the uk and you see uh will smith jay-z kanye beyonce and then you just look at ireland and we're like we're surface Jeremy Kennedy, Gavin James. <laughs> oh, the same fuckers over and over Jeremy again. Kennedy, Gavin James, but, uh, you know. But even like, even down to the presenters, like we have, obviously, mm. we have Zainab who's on Nationwide. Yeah. Um, she's about the only pre- person of colour on RTE. Yeah. Then you have, there's Sean Monsanjay on... Expose? Or, or was Expose? He was Expose. He'd won a competition, I think. Yeah, he was yeah on Expose, and then now he's in. I think it's FM One Four. He does the Man About. No, is he the Man About Town? He does the Buzz. Sorry, or the Showbiz something or other on FM One Four. I think it's on a Sunday. Um, but I can't think of many more. There could be more. I just can't think because and like they're not in your face. Like you're saying, yeah. it's not normal to have a person of color in the Irish media and that's what needs to happen it needs to be normal we need to be seeing it in order for people to stop thinking that it's such a big thing because like literally two days ago I made a Twitter account about you know, the lack of diversity of people of colour in Ireland and I literally just tweeted out just a few tweets asking you know, as in like if we're not going to make diversity in the Irish media of George Floyd's death then when are we going to get it and literally Erica Cody retweeted it and it's just become a spiral and it's just blown up with a bunch of people commenting saying, yes, we need change. Like just having one presenter is not enough was going on. And people are definitely like, I just tells me, but it's on the minds of others as well. And that, you know, there's a lot to answer for of what's going on in the media. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's it's kind of scary because, again, and I'm going to reference the first episode that we were saying, they just rehash the same old heads all the time. Like, yeah. they're not diverse in anything. Like, Carly, you were saying, there's no representation for the larger lady. There's no, like, it's usually just your pale skin, blonde hair, blue eyes. Throw a brunette in every now and again, but that's about it. And it's the same people over and over again. Like, there's nobody... Who's plus size? There's 
it's 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 just the same people over and over again. It's, we just said we need a good injection now of a mm. bit of diversity in all forms. Just to throw that yeah. out there, um, in my opinion, from my knowledge, the likes of the the Irish media corporations, they're not racist at all. They just need some education on mm-hmm. bringing new initiatives, opportunities like apprenticeships, work experience, internships, to bring people from diverse backgrounds in, to give them a chance. Like, I'm not just saying, oh, let's just bring five people from different backgrounds and bring them in, hire them, and call it a done deal, and say, oh, we did diversity, here's our part. Bring auditions, talent days, let people come in and actually hire them from their talent. Give us a chance. That's all we need. Because I just feel like they're sort of, they just don't know it yet that the Irish people are ready to bring in new presenters to the forefront. But I do have the utmost respect for the likes of Ryan Toberty, Ray Darcy, and even Anne Doyle, because they grew up in a time where you didn't have TikTok or YouTube to go viral and just get a job off that. They grinded yeah. their way all the way to the top. So for that, they inspired people like me to want to go onto the telly. So as much as we do need change, I do respect them. The Late Late Toy Show was <laughs> my childhood. And mm-hmm. without Ryan Toberty, I don't know what I would have done with myself. I don't even know if I would even be talking to you right now without the <laughs> likes of him. Like Andor 6 o'clock news. It's going down to my house, six o'clock every single time. Yeah. No one is touching the remote. Andor, get her on. Come on, Come on. Come on. When Andor the left the RT, it was just heartbreaking. She was a hero on the RT. Yeah. <laughs> she was, she was actually, your queen. Yeah. <laughs> the, pe- the people's queen. I cannot wait for the day when we heard that time of the RT 6-1 news. And it cut, cuts to a person of colour sitting at yeah. the desk. Yeah. Believe me, that day is coming sooner. Yeah. Maybe you. Like, Could be you, hon. Could hmm. be you. The Put tweet the actually blew up a lot and people are contacting me. So it's definitely, things are definitely happening right yeah. now. But I will never okay. give up. What's your Twitter? Is I it your tweet? Black, you said? Yeah, Black Irish Media 1. Black Irish media. Good luck. Yeah. Um, and is that your Insta as well? Oh, no, I'm not an Instagram person. Mm. Oh, really? I just oh, find yeah. it so, so toxic. I made oh. it once behind my mum's back, but never again. Like, it was just oh, not worth it. <laughs> like, you just, back, why? You, you just see the same thing again and again. And it's just like the same bikini models, like the same people just flashing their luxury lifestyle like it's just so annoying it's just like that's the reason why i avoid the likes of love island show like made in essex it's just fake like i'm if i've come to the stage in my life that i just want to be educated the real stuff because Mm -hmm. like i was told once what is the point of having the whole world at your shoulders or even having as much money as you want but if you don't have your soul or a decent upbringing or even integrity then what's the point so i just got yeah. rid of that toxic stuff in my life enough was enough if it's yeah. not to better myself then i don't want it all you're so wise for, i was gonna say for an 18 year old like you have your shit together an awful lot more than us 
most definitely. I, I still go onto that app and fucking hate everything that I see. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, very wise words. Now I, I, I admire you for that. Just followed you on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Two uh, new I'm followers. Sorry. Brilliant. Yeah, going to get up to oh, When this goes out, you might get another three. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. So... Could you give us a hit when you were saying things are a change and have you gotten mm. much response from the media outlets that you tagged in your tweets or mm. can you give us a little bit of... It's been going crazy. It's been like being retweeted every like two minutes and a lot of okay. journalists have contacted me. They're willing to help. They see the problem as well. Like I don't think so. I think they knew the problem, but they just found it kind of weird if they said it. I think they've been waiting on someone else to say it and then they yeah. could agree with mm-hmm. it. They've been reaching out to me. They've been so kind, especially the man from Virgin Media, Richard Chambers. He's come to my contact and he's he's willing to mentor me and help me in any way I want so I can mm-hmm. get into the media and we can finally make history on our tellies. And definitely the journalists, I've, I'm very appreciative for what they've done for me. And I just see it as the beginning of something great in our media and our TV screens. Oh, that's amazing. Well, come here, don't forget us now when you're uh, high-flying on the telly box now, won't you know? I never will. Never forget where you came from. (laughs) Don't forget your roots there, Tommy, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Tickets um, to the late late toy show there, Tommy. All just right, saying, <laughs> just saying, a few sly toys in the in the basket, you know, say nothing, say nothing. Definitely. Oh, I, hope, I, hope, <laughs> I do hope something comes out of it, and I'm delighted to hear that you have been getting some response. And I love yeah. Richard Chambers. I see him every night on Virgin Media reporting on the old coronavirus. He's a very good reporter, so you'd be in good hands with him. Mm. I also have to say, like Thank, like we said at the start, but thanks a million for reaching out to us because it just goes to show when you put yourself out there, you do receive back. Yeah, but thank you for having me in the first place because, you know, and thank you for your listeners and even you guys for giving me the inspiration to even start this because if I didn't hear you guys complain about what's going on in the media, I probably still would have been in my bed watching TikTok videos and just having a laugh. Like trying to I do the savage dance. Yeah. <laughs> so without you guys, I'm not sure what I would have done with myself or I would have progressed very slowly during this quarantine phase. Oh, thanks oh, for saying that. that, Tommy. You're a little, you're a little angel. <laughs> you're a little feel a bit bashful now. Would you stop that, you? Stop <laughs> it, you. Um, anything to promote, Tommy? Anything that you want people to know before we let you go? I just want to say thank you to your listeners. Thank you mm-hmm. for the people of Ireland that's been in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. And I just mm-hmm. want to say, never give up on your dreams because you never know with hard work where you can be in the next day or two. So I just want to say thank you so much. And I will see you on our TV screens. Yes, you this will. You what? Oh, you got four flies there. I know. It's a bit like, oh my God, here we go. Now, this is the start of something, definitely. Tommy, thanks again for coming on and for saying your bit. We were delighted to have you. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you, Kate, so much. Okay, bye. bye.